Space. The final frontier. Well, okay, not, not really. All right, uh, take two, take two. Here in the Mitten State, welcome to Code 47, bringing you all things Star Trek, spanning the quadrants, the best thing since the neutral zone. Back again in real time with the Code 47 podcast on the Secret Friends Unite Podcasting Network. After a whole month of being off because of Star Trek Las Vegas, uh, even though uh, uh, my wife April and I, who did attend, one of my guests also attended. Uh, it, we jumped in and did a little bit on that, but that doesn't count. That's not what you tune in for. You tune in for a bunch of talking heads to talk about nerd stuff. That would be Star Trek. Uh, this is episode number 106. I am Charlie Carden, uh, your Trek Lord of West Michigan, Captain Commodore of the USS Grand Petoskey in Region 13 of Starfleet International. I am joined by my esteemed colleagues at my extreme left. That would be Lieutenant Commander missy merchant good evening good evening everyone and in the center square would be lieutenant uh, peter stein hello and all the way to the right would be uh without rank so far uh <laughs> jen watson from chicago good evening Hi. <laughs> oh my goodness well it is it is really great to be back uh and you know again we took that kind of necessary uh break while uh missy uh and our friend kay and then april and i were all out enjoying star trek las vegas um and uh and we're back here yeah we're, we're back <laughs> yes we're back here doing this thing uh we're going to be talking about uh, now star trek uh, Stranger Worlds has concluded, but for the sake of stretching out content, we're really we're not going to be talking about the uh, season finale or the final two episodes. We're going to be talking about the two episodes prior to that, and then uh, we'll be launching into wrapping up, uh, concluding, I should say, talking about season three of Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, but without further ado, we would be nowhere in our overall Secret Friends Unite podcasting network without the great support of our Patreons, one of whom is on this very program. Oh my goodness. Uh, the Patreons uh, are folks who do give us their financial support that gives us the opportunity to make additional great content. Uh, if you visit patreon.com slash secretfriendsunite, you can get a free full week uh, of listening to our shows. And then if you choose to stay on board, we would love that too. Want to give some love and respect on our BFF level to the Nias family, Sean, Stella, and Henry. And my friend Missy Merchant, who happens to be right here on this program, is one of our Patreons and her pal, Andy Milliken, as well as uh, dear friend Jamie Prinky. So we are very grateful for all of that support. Keep on keeping on again, patreon.com slash secret friends unite free one week trial to check out some of our fun content. So, okay, we actually have a news story. Several things obviously came out of Star Trek Las Vegas. Uh, some people like Robert Beltran who were shooting their mouth off. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> um, but we, I would love to talk about the fact that we did get a clip from the uh, currently homeless Star Trek Prodigy season two. Um, this was a pleasant surprise, uh, you know, in uh, the clip which uh, we've all had a chance to check out. It's obviously out there on the internet. Does show uh, the, the former crew of the Protostar uh, kind of, whoops, somebody's dropping something. Uh, the, the former crew of the Protostar uh, hanging out on Earth but a shuttlecraft comes overhead and out steps the, uh, our 
beloved Robert Picardo as the yeah. emergency hologram. There we go. Uh, new outfit uh, because uh, apparently all the, all this time, all that's all he had to do. Um, and he flies them up to uh, their new ride, the new vo- the new. I, I, I haven't watched a clip and all. That. It's the ship still called the Voyager, right? They're getting on the new Voyager. Yeah. Yeah, Voyager, Voyager A. a. Yes, mm-hmm. a new giant ship with a huge crew. They're doing the fly around just like we saw uh, in that uh, first episode of Voyager that you get the little tutorial flying around the ship. Um, this was great, but to me, very bittersweet because yeah. this is a show that we don't know when and if we're going to get to watch it. Because again, I was talking about this uh, over the weekend with some of our, some of our friends in the in uh, in the fan club chapter that we run when we were having our in-person meeting um excited for the show but it has to be sold to somebody and right now uh because of the combined strike the companies are burning through money they didn't i don't know that anybody can afford to purchase this so uh, i don't know but anyway i was i was excited what's the impressions jen what'd you think i thought it was cool um it's great to see the Doctor again. It's great to see Voyager again. It's great to see Prodigy again. I love Prodigy. I might be in the minority here, but oh, I really enjoy it. I think it's a great show. Uh, it's great for kids. Um, and I'm just really sad that it's not on Paramount right now. And I can't wait for it to come back. I know. Peter, uh, jog my memory. We haven't talked Prodigy in a while. Where do you land? I liked Prodigy. I like to stick to the disliker, but yeah, no, it's, it's good. But again, just, just very bittersweet because we just don't know. I was, I was slightly sad only because I was hoping for a different character when it was like a new character appears. I was like, Ooh, is it, is it Lieutenant Kim? No, no, that would have been cool. I know. I'm, I'm over the moon to see the doctor, but it, I was like, oh, no, Lieutenant Kim. That would have been fun. I know. He'll I probably know. show up later. But I know. Hopefully, hopefully they all will. Yeah, I was going to say, even though they're going to rescue Chakotay at this point, they might just leave him there. I <laughs> 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 got himself into. Oh, we And again, we, just, we don't really need to dig too deep into that. Missy, uh, you, have you talked Prodigy with us in the past? I can't remember now. Uh, very briefly, I guess I'll be the minority in that it's not my favorite. Oh, that's cool. Um, I can dig but- it. But I was excited to see the Doctor show up. I, For the sake of Star Trek, I appreciate it in that aspect, that it is good for the kids. And I hope that having more of these little teasers of like, okay, we have Janeway, now we have the Doctor, who else can we have in there? Might make some old Trek fan that has a boatload of money actually pick it up. <laughs> some, some some billionaire, some Bruce Wayne out there is going to be like, and I like Star Trek and I fight crime. Um, yes, we'll we'll see if that turns up. So anyway, uh, as news on that continues to evolve, obviously you will uh, hear that from us, not only here, but of course on all of our social media feeds for the Secret Friends Unite Network. All right, let's move into talking about Strange New Worlds. We're going to be tackling episodes seven and eight, uh, episodes nine and ten, which will wrap up the season is what we will be talking about next time. And that will actually lead us right into lower decks when we get into the month of uh, of september so very very excited about that um peter why don't you kick us off uh and i'm wearing my ritos tee Woo! there that's that's my dress up I, I uh peter my sassy vulcan salute there you go <laughs> so yeah jump um, us jump us on into episode in honor seven. of what this episode uh doesn't do um yeah. <laughs> episode seven those old scientists pos 
An accident while investigating a time portal sends Ensign's Beckett Mariner and Brad Boimler, though not at the same time, through time from the 24th century, and Captain Pike and his crew must get them back where they belong before they can alter the timeline irrevocably. Irrevocably. All right. Well, Peter, since you since you do the reading, you can jump right back in with your impressions of this episode. This episode was fantastic. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the animated elements that they brought into it. The opener with the crew, but also the opening titles where they lower decksified the yes, yeah, opening oh, titles. totally awesome. My my brother and I were sitting there laughing at the space slug catching on fire. <laughs> um, the the fully fleshed out koala right at the end that was yes. Great. I think that's a joke that maybe they should take a break from, but it was funny. It it, um, it, it worked out. Oh, so, I'm I'm thinking was, I'm think burning space slug can be uh, that can be an early favorite. Yeah, so for it, the name of the episode. I I really really enjoyed how. Um, Jack Quaid brought in all of the animated mannerisms of Boimler. Like he really like to the point of like the hand gestures and everything. It was really, really well done translating these characters from animation to, um, to live action. Um, the overall, the plot was, you know, pretty good. The, the, um, I think the the Uhura plot was a little weak. Um, simply because it felt like this was something that they foisted on the character simply to have an interaction between her and Mariner. Could, yeah, um, could be. I can see that. Mostly because like in the episode previous and a couple other times we've seen her let off steam and do things for fun. And then it's like, Oh, she's all about work. It's like, that's not how you've been writing the character for the last season and a half. So it just doesn't really it's kind, of, terribly well. kind of a sitcom toss in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it worked. It, it was fun, but it just was a little odd <laughs> for me. Um, the uh, I know everyone's anticipating me saying this. The Spock bits are very off-putting for me. He's he's um, too he's too smiley. I, I know. I appreciated Boimler's comments. I thought many of them, um, and so, <laughs> but yeah. So it yeah it worked. And having the Orions was a, a fun little twist and bringing in a TOS version of an Orion ship from yeah. you know, what we've seen in the background from the remastered stuff was pretty great. Yeah. Totally. Um, so the, the the one other missed thing that I think was when they had Pike talking with Mariner and Boimler, they were speaking in way too many vagaries, even though he made it very clear that he knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so. Eh, that's a stylistic choice. Yeah. But overall, solid yeah. episode. Rock and roll Missy. Uh, I was one of my favorites, probably one that I've laughed the most at. Uh, having met uh, Jack Quaid at Mission Chicago last year, he really is Boimler. Mm. You just <laughs> so chat true. with him, and that's just who he is. Yeah. So it does translate really well from the animation to the live action, which I very much appreciate. Um, and I really, probably my favorite part was his arc throughout this episode of him trying to fight himself and his own nature. Of He essentially gets <laughs> to live his dream his fantasy of going back and meeting his heroes, but then he can't do what he normally wants to do. And he also has to fight his disappointment. And like, I really thought this was going to be different. And now I have to figure out, I have to let them help me figure out how to not fuck it up. Basically. Right. Never meet your heroes. Right. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. No, I, really, oh. I really do like that. Boimler's my favorite lower decker. And I really, really was happy to get to see this. And, I think it'll translate to a lot of 
growth for his character when we get to see the next season. Next month. Here's hope. Here's hoping. You better believe it. All right, Jen. If you can, <laughs> if you can come back to us. Uh, let's let let's have you. Um, I cannot remember the last time I've been this delighted with a Star Trek episode. It was just completely delightful. Right. I I loved it, start to finish. Um, the animated sections at the beginning and at the end, when we had the Stranger New Worlds crew animated as well, was really cool. Um. I could I couldn't stop laughing. I mean, it was it was Lower Decks and it was Strange New Worlds, and I love both of these shows. And it's two great tastes that taste great together. So <laughs> I you're, I you're just tr- your chocolate and your peanut butter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I had a lot of fun with this. Um, there's there's too many things to reference that I that I um, I think my favorite of the jokes was the Riker as he's like as Boimler is like Kobe. Kind of, yeah, and I'm like. <laughs> And the best part is Jonathan Frakes directed this episode, so he was right there when Jack quite improvised that line. So I, it was just – it was so much fantastic. I So um, meta. Yeah. Um, I mean, as a Spock Chapel shipper, I was kind of disappointed by the whole thing in the elevator. Obviously, I know that this isn't going to work out, but I can have fun in the meantime. Um, and that was just this, like – uh, I was I was disappointed for her. I was sad. Yeah. Um, I was hoping that we'd get a little bit more time with this uh, ship before it sank, but you know it is what it is. It was it was I mean it was doomed from the jump because again oh, we're, yeah we're, yeah we're a prequel but we are support you know set apart by five years and mm-hmm. we know we know that they've even made allusions to the fact that in season three we're going to meet Roger Corby who is uh, mm-hmm. Apple's eventual. Uh, the fiance who ends up being a robot guy. Oh, whoops. Spoiler. Spoiler from 1966. Sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was just beyond delighted having, um, spent actual time with Tawny Newsome. I mean, I was on stage with her on the cruise doing a comedy skit. Uh, I was the first person she bumped into when she was getting on the ship in Mexico, which she referenced when April and I saw her in line at Star Trek Las Vegas. She said, I remember you guys from the cruise. I was carrying so many illegal drugs when I met you guys, and we just we just peeled off. <laughs> she, she is re- that is really who she is in real life. She's a second city comedian. She's from your hometown of Chicago. Yeah. Here, Jen. She, mm-hmm. is, she is just a stitch. What a wonderfully, wonderful Wonderful human being. There is no, there is no acting when she's Mariner. She's just Mariner, and I mean, I mean that in a complimentary fashion. And to see her translate that wonderful style to spending time with Celia Rose Gooding, uh, even mm-hmm. then, again, if you know, we're we're kind of bouncy about what the Uhura character is like. You know, you're right. Finding her, oh, she's super studious and super serious. That's not the way the character was ever portrayed. Uh, you know, in TOS that I can think of it, or in the films. But as Peter said, for the moment, it was it. Was was kind of a sitcom moment you know it was you know you know the simpsons have a dog for the purpose of this episode or they have a they have a cat or they have a they have a you know a badger or something you know it just it, it fit the moment of the gag so um they nailed it it was great as a, as a one-off the stakes were relatively low uh you know but because obviously you know you know the things are going to go on um i i love the you know the the portrayal of kind of dancing around uh number one's character and and Boimler is super awkward around her because he idolizes her. That was fantastic. And she just can't figure it out. But when she does find out, she says, oh, there's a poster. It's a pinup. She says, it's a 
poster that's pinned up. Are we are we talking about the same thing here? I don't want to know. <laughs> but she is genuinely touched when she finds out that she is a basically a, a an icon for Starfleet, seen seen 125 years later. So I love I love that loving you know loving the number one character as I do. So this was um this was in a lot of cases and and again we'll we'll be getting into talking about Star Trek Enterprise uh the, the unceremonious end of that show which was called a love letter to the fans when we truly know that the end of enterprise was a middle finger to the fans this (laughs) this was a love letter to the fans this was you know we see you we love you and please enjoy this they just they it it, it hit all the notes it hit all the notes for me so i was i was i was happy happy so no that's next week yeah oh well We will. We will. We'll, we'll, and uh, by the way, we'll talk Jen, about you, those. <laughs> we uh, you did score uh, episode title name. Two great tastes that taste great together. Okay. Now <laughs> the episode. All right. Well, we are going from the comically fun to the extraordinarily dour and serious. Uh, and Missy is going to tip us off after I read the lead in. Uh, episode eight is Under the Cloak of War. Captain Pike and his crew welcome a Klingon defector aboard the USS Enterprise, but his presence triggers the revelation of some shocking secrets. Missy. Wow. So much going on in this episode. Uh, Kay and I at our psychology of Star Trek panel in Las Vegas actually included clips from this with the references to PTSD, both with Christine and with Dr. Mbenga, more so with him. Uh, It's the literal embodiment of what wartime PTSD would look like um, being confronted with somebody that you were, you know, an enemy against in battle, having the immediate dissociations, the callbacks with phrases, with medical equipment. It it brought tears for all of the right reasons because it was so clinically accurate. And you can't help but understand more about where both of them are coming from when they're dealing with various situations, with loss, with grief, with having to be in that situation. I mean, they were medics in these different Klingon war battles and to be able to like move forward with a medical career and still deal with people that are coming in injured from various different things and be able to separate the two is huge. Yeah. I really appreciated that. I liked that we got to know more about Mbenga's character arc with what was kind of, to me, a big shocker at the end with his reveal. Um yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I will say that. Yeah, much. no doubt. Um, but also as like a throwback, what also, cause discovery, obviously my favorite, nobody's shocked at this point. If you listen to any of this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what I was thinking during the middle of this episode is this actually gives a lot more ground level credit to Michael Burnham's actions in season one of discovery when she initiated the Klingon wars Because in season one, it's kind of an underlying theme of like, yeah, we started the thing. I killed the Klingon warriors and now we have to make this new ship so we can fight it. Yeah. But then this is like, no, this is what actual people were doing because of Michael starting the Klingon war. So that really hit me as like, okay, this is actually the fallout from Discovery season one. Totally. And yeah, from that, you know, there was that big chunk of Discovery Season 1 where they, you know, got skirted off the Mirror Universe and they came back home, but they missed this big chunk uh, of the war. And it was, you know, we were back and we lost the war um, because they were just, they were hanging on by a thread. So, um, yeah, this was... um, 
a powerful without a doubt. Uh, you know, in any you know any war film where you see this kind, of, you know, it was a, it was a it was a mash. It was a, a you know a surgical hospital, and even though Mash was you know an eleven year eleven year long sitcom about a three year long police action uh, in Korea in the nineteen fifties, um, they they did stick their toe in the series from time to time, but it was a sitcom. So there were still, you know, laughs with Alan Alda saying, ah, oh, the punchline, you didn't see blood spurting everywhere and, you know, people with their organs falling out and stuff. And that's, that's as real as real gets. Even, you know, you know, as humanity goes to the stars, we'll make bigger and uglier weapons and, and find ways to make war, or f- find ways to make war get made with us. Um, and Star Trek exists for this kind of commentary. And, you know, it's it's incredible to hear from somebody of your professional ilk that they got it right. So that that yeah. just just goes to prove that, uh, you know, I said it uh, from the jump because I, I did get a screener of the season and I got to watch the first six in a row. And I was I, I, I was I was not teasing you guys for for teasing purposes, but I'm saying, guys, this is I mean, season one was great, but the this puts everything to bed this app this entire season blows me away um yeah yeah uh jen so if i had a nickel for every time in the past week that i watched a bright delightful self-referential comedy about finding one's identity amidst heavy expectations featuring characters from two different worlds meeting followed up by an introspective, cinematic, and sort of depressing piece about the horrors of war and personal responsibility that flashed back and forth between time periods, I'd have two nickels, which is in the lot, but it's really weird that it's happened twice, mm-hmm. because the Lower Decks episode and, and the Lower Decks crossover and then this episode happened kind of around the same weekend as Barbenheimer. And Oh, God, you're right. Gee. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, this like kind of whiplash of it is, it's really similar. So like, I felt at the end of this episode, the same way that I felt walking out of Oppenheimer, which was like, I want to watch Barbie again. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I want to watch the Lord X episode again. I get um, back to my happy place. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that stories like this definitely need to be told. It reminded me also a lot of the, uh, the siege of AR-55 nine, yeah, eight, whatever, the yeah. deep space yeah. nine episode, um, where it's so heavy and so realistic, but such an important story to tell. Yeah. Um, and you know, you don't really know what's happening with Mbenga, you know, the, the fight that happens with him in the Klingon, uh, uh, ambassador at, at near the end, like it's behind a screen like that, that is under the cloak of mm-hmm. war like that is the name of the episode and it's happening you 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 don't it's not clear mm-hmm. um who who did start it like is this guy goading Mbenga to kill him so that he can then die with honor and and go to Stovacor because it's in a personal combat because he feels guilty or you know there's all of these questions about guilt and responsibility and you know of course the ptsd aspect of it as well um which is not to say that i disliked this episode i liked it very very much um but it it was heavy yeah yeah heavy like a thump my goodness no i agree peter um i did not like this episode i'll just say that straight off the gate um 
for me, the um, it the the the, the depiction of the PTSD was fine. Um, I'm not going to quibble with that there. Um, but for me, the um, the resolution was much like how I made a comment about Elysian Kingdom in season one, mm-hmm. um, where the rest of the episode is great, but the um, the I wasn't a fan of the resolution. I didn't like the resolution of this one. Um, if only because of the whiplash <laughs> between the two episodes. Yeah, um, you end with Mabenga in the in the previous episode going, "What the hell is in this thing?" Very comically, and then in this episode, we are now dealing with um, at least my read of it, perhaps justified, um, but. This is more or less unambiguously Ambinga just killing this guy. Um, that that was my read on it. Um, now I, I hear everyone else's read on it. Mm-hmm. Welcome to your opinion. <laughs> everyone has a different read on the episode. As are um, we all. Yes, that's that's but, what we're doing here. Yeah. For me, it was a very for me this painted Ambinga in a very bad light um, to me, um, and also put. It also made me think of, hey, this is why we have counselors on starships, um, because this is clearly trauma that has not been dealt with in any way. Um, and also Mbenga keeping the secret that he was the butcher. That's um, that's a war crime. Um, and you probably should be in New Zealand for that. Um, yeah. Regardless, um, getting help. Right. But you should be in New Zealand. Um, and so it was also interesting how Chapel seemed to be much better, um, put together on it. Like she still had her issues, um, but she was handling it much better than a Vanga was. Um, and so just for me, it was a very, it was a very interesting and strange take it. Part of it might be, I just don't like the grim darkness that discovery went for in season one. And this was a throwback to that. Um, and I'm not a fan of grim, dark star Trek as much as I love deep space. Nine. Um, <laughs> it's just not, not what I prefer. And I don't mind touching on dark and important stories and like stuff that deals with heavy subject matter, but there's a way to do it. And I don't think necessarily that this hit the right notes with resolving character stories in a way that was, um, helpful it i don't know if that makes sense but it didn't seem to be terribly helpful to me um on a side note i did like the cameo at the beginning that was fun Um, (laughs) and i thought it was interesting how there has been some retconning of technology (laughs) um but but yeah overall um not the biggest fan of how this played out uh the klingon ambassador was just a very strange take yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that part. At least I thought he was a very strange character. 
Um, yeah. And that that actor on the tip of my tongue, because I feel like I've seen him in other things, but just has a very. I mean, he did a great job. Yeah, but. familiar vibe. Yeah, it was all incredibly well acted. But again, the thing that I took the most out of it, and again, being in Vegas and, and listen to Missy and Kay uh, go through what they did, I took on such a great appreciation for the depth of that performance and uh, for the quality of the writing that was built around it. But um, I found that to be so much more impactful than I, 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 I'm kind of a, both ways. I wasn't crazy about the ending of it, just watching this guy go, go to, you know, Mbenga until he ended up stabbing him. And, and at the end of it, I mean, uh, I don't, it, it was, it's, it's really tough because we have our three core characters who are involved in the war and we haven't really seen the depth of, of how Ortegas was affected. Um, but, uh, that is, a, you know, that, that is, that is potential, uh, story beat yet to come. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of threads left unresolved, but I love seeing, and, and one of the things Star Trek really does best is, is speak to our own humanity under the cloak of, what have you under the cloak of whatever kind of story we're telling so uh pretty powerful stuff without a doubt um and then the absolute quantum shift that we get in the next episode uh is yeah i'm i'm with peter about the whiplash bit it's 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 you know ted nugent's whiplash bash of star trek is oh i would change it to that but that you know that's a that's a little too michigan to make that a uh <laughs> to make that the name of this episode we'll take a pass on that i like what i don't even did. get that reference and i'm from here so i know okay. well it's just yeah oh god yeah You're not redneck yeah. enough yeah i was gonna say yeah yeah i i, I walk the line uh of that but yeah that's a very redneck reference to uh, to uh, redneck uh, rock uh, ding dong Ted Nugent. Sorry if I'm offending anybody. Um, but anyway, can I be uh, can I be indulged for one more little psych nerd point? Absolutely, you can. Please. So, um, not disagreeing with the resolution. I don't think that Mbenga's arc had to have this essentially blatant murder involved in it. Yeah. But- <clears throat> But it also kind of tied back in. It was very subtle and probably to people not in my profession or like any kind of psych nerd inclined. It actually did hark back to like the World War II um, obedience studies that were done as far as kind of investigating if normal people when put in stressful situations would do things up to and including torturing and killing people without necessarily having a just personal cause. Mm. And they actually did determine that like 78% of the normal American population, if put under stressful situation, would cause harm or death to another person for their oh own gosh. safety. Wow. Yeah, so, I, that was it's actually not something that I knew about. So that is um, yeah. it's it's staggering, but it's, you know, knowing the 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 ugliness that exists within humanity that gives us world wars and genocide and things of that nature. It's not at all surprising. Um, wow. Boys, guys, this is this is some heavy stuff, and uh, you know, after the pause here, we're going to jump into uh, as much heavy as Enterprise was able to give us. So, um, guys, thank you for this, uh, and again, uh, we promise a little bit more happiness next week, uh, even though we had a we had a crazy episode and then we had kind of a heavy episode in the season. But uh, we are going to bid adieu to Missy while uh, Jen and Peter and I uh, stay on board to take you through the end of. Um, season three of enterprise missy where do people find you out there in the world uh i'm on the socials mostly on instagram at, at mama merch 33 excellent very good we will pause for station identification and we will be right back 
thank you for that brief commercial interruption. And I say that being that there's no commercial interruption. <laughs> uh, but we are back to take us uh, through the end of season three of Star Trek Enterprise. This is the end of a long road. Uh, from getting from there to here. Uh, that was the first really multi-part season-long, yeah, but um, uh, season-long arc that we had in, in Star Trek of any kind. Uh, you, you know, and, and like like any long form back in the day, hey, we got 24 episodes, we got 26 episodes. Uh, no matter what, you're still going to have wasted segments, and it's not that we don't get a few here that you're like, eh. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we had some good ones. So, and and Jen, this is—I know that you homeworked up so you could join us for this. So, thank you for doing that. Yeah, no problem. Because uh, otherwise, it's just me and Peter saying, "Well, I think," and, blah, 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 and we're all doing the same thing. So, it's it's good <laughs> to have that. So, all right. Well, we have the last six. Uh, so, without further ado, uh, I will read the first one, and then we'll just go down the line. Everybody gets to read one, and the person who read it gets to talk first. So, I'll start off uh, with episode 19 of the season, Damage, or Damage if you prefer, uh, <laughs> written by uh, James L. Conway, uh, excuse me, directed by James L. Conway, writer is Phil Strong from April uh, of, of 2004. The Enterprise, uh, miraculously escaping the big shootout uh, that happened last season, is absolutely falling apart. Exactly what Voyager should have looked like throughout most of that show. Basically think about like Battlestar Galactica. Uh, so the Enterprise is now heavily damaged, and they need to seek a warp coil from an alien vessel uh, that doesn't want to give it up. And the main alien is Casey Biggs, who is Damar, so you don't really feel bad when they have to rough him up a little bit. Um, this uh, is, you know, it's a, it's, it's a trope uh, of Star Trek. In a lot of ways, it's a trope of of any, you know, it's time to make the impossible decision. I One of my favorite shows I've talked about all the time that was airing at this time was uh, 24 over on Fox. And every episode was that it's an impossible decision. We have to do this thing and put this person's life on the line, or I've got a split second and these people might be gassed or nuked or something or blah, blah, blah. So this was, you know, we're, we're dying, but, you know, our, our ship has fallen apart. We've lost 18 people. You know, everything's being held together with, with spit and bubblegum and twine. And, uh, you know, if we don't get uh, this warp coil and we can't get a warp engine back, we'll have no chance of continuing with our mission, which is, you know, vital to the, the survival of our species. So, uh, you know, Damar and you little alien dipshits, too bad if we can come over there and 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 pop you one you know you can still you'll be you'll be fine you'll be fine you can get home um but uh you know yeah being that this you know this is a prequel and we're, we're functioning outside of really the federation and just earth starfleet and and having to make we'll have a rule someday a directive the first directive <laughs> the most important directive what was that again i forgot what i was talking about um i, I think they played it well you know and again in in I, i've said this in voyager every so often you get the episode where janeway's like I'm going to go crazy, but then I'm going to bring it back to it. And Chakotay's going to talk me off a ledge. And th there was no ledge talking on this one. Just they, they kind of did what they had to do. Nobody died that we know of. They full uh, eagle jumped off of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! So, you know, I feel like I feel like they did what they had to do. Um, and in Archer's place, would I do anything different? I mean, th there were no rules when you're, you know, when your planet is going to get nuked and everybody's going to die. I mean, we, we saw what really, you know, if, if things would move forward like that in, you know, the episode Twilight, you know, we kind of saw that's how things would have gone um, if he didn't take the step. So, you know, I'm totally on Team Archer on this one, you know. So, I don't know. Jen, what do you think? Um, I understand that there were 
circumstances here, but I, I think Archer was just way over the over the edge in this one. Um, and I think he kind of continues to be kind of over the edge for sort of the rest of the season, um, yeah. more or less. So I I didn't I didn't agree with him at all, but um, I do think that karma came back for him in one of these later episodes, which we'll talk about later. But oh um, boy, yeah, he kind of yeah. he, he did he did get his more than once. Yeah, so um, I think that the damage can refer to the ship, or it could refer to Archer himself because he is kind of beyond that moral point at this point, where he is just going, "We got to do what we got to do to get the mission done." for the sake of humanity. And it, it is a rough spot for him to be in. I, yeah. I would like yeah. to think that I would not make that decision if I were in his position, but I, I don't genuinely, I don't actually know. Um, so, I mean, there's, yeah. you know, lots other of, things that are damaged at this point too. I know that um, to Paul's dealing with some stuff too with yeah. her right. trillium addiction. So she's dealing with some damage for herself as well. So uh, everyone's damaged. Everyone needs, yeah. <laughs> Every, everybody needs a, needs a big hug at the end of this episode. Yeah, no for sure. This was the big hug episode, without a doubt. Well, Peter, you are you are one of the bigger Enterprise guys that I know, and I know you love Archer. So was he was he a little too Jack Bauer in this? Was he just like, ah, forget <laughs> it, I'm just going to do whatever? Yeah, um, we'll probably get more into it when we get to season four. But there is a turning point for Archer for me where he gets really bitter and angry and this i think is the beginning of it if not like the the exact turning point right um where he suddenly is this is where we see archer be absolutely desperate yeah um, big time he's like he's free because it's like if we don't have this warp coil we're not going to be able to meet dagger we're not going to be able to find the weapon and we're just going to be shit out of luck yeah big um, time and so you he's there's a clock ticking down he's like this is earth's gonna blow up and so he is literally <laughs> losing his mind about yeah. <laughs> um, and I, he's losing his mind over this to Paul is losing her mind because of Trellium. Um, Tri- trip's not sleeping. And you know, well, trip is trip is his own trip. So, you know, yeah. Tri- um, tri- trip is on his own trip. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe he should do a little of that Trellium. That might straighten his ass. No, out. that he probably would make it worse. Out. No, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. already hallucinating. He doesn't need any more. Yeah, he, he doesn't need more. Um, so I like, this is one of those like situations where in times of war, I understand why he did what he did. Um, I do not think it was the moral thing to do, but at the same time, um, in the he words, no other of, choice. Our, in, uh, in the yeah. words of our inimitable Vulcan, the needs yeah. of the many outweigh yeah. the needs yeah. of the few. Like yeah. he didn't have an option and he kind of yeah. had to. And he, there's, there's part of this where you can see that that's torturing him. Um, he doesn't want to like, leave someone out here you see like some of that back and forth with a few people yeah. but overall he's just like we have to do this and he like he hardens himself and he like embitters himself to just callously deal with this yeah um which he has to but it sucks for the character and i think to jen to your point i think that's yeah. part of what this episode is referring to right yeah it's the self-inflicted damage archer has to do to himself yeah. to put the safety of earth first before even his own good um and and those around him obviously with stranding the illyrian ship um but yeah so this is this is a good episode but it's tough 
Yeah, very tough. Yeah, just uh, push to the brink and, you know, what choice do we have uh, big time? Yeah. Cool. All right, Peter, why don't you take us into episode 20? All right, episode 20. Oh, I was hoping to talk about the next one. Okay. Oh, you'll episode get Episode 20, The Forgotten, directed by none other than LeVar Burton himself. <laughs> Written by Chris Black and David A. Goodman. Captain Archer deals with the loss of 18 crew members and continues negotiations with two of the five Zindi species. So we have continued fallout from the Enterprise getting beat to hell. Right. <laughs> with more things blowing up and people dying. Right. Well, they, um, you know, they can't swing into, you know, Starbase and be like, hey, put slap a fresh coat of paint on this bad boy. You know, th- yeah. there's nowhere for them to go. No, I mean, they're, they're probably this expanse. There's nothing. Yeah, that yeah there's nothing there. It's an expanse of emptiness. That's why yeah. And they don't have replicators. So they're lucky that they probably still have food and water, you know, uh, with the ship yeah. blown up as bad as yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. So like, we have this whole struggle with death. We have um, to Paul now dealing with emotions. You got me feeling emotions. <laughs> so, so th- this may no. be part of where I have sometimes a problem with how Vulcans are portrayed with emotions. Well, you know, when you're when you're sucking on that trillium pipe, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's com- kind of crash. Really, it's completely it. understandable in this situation, but it's handled very interestingly. Yeah. Um, and appropriately, Flox talks about the genie in the bottle. Like you brought, you kind of popped the cork, and now it's there's. It's just this. Is what's <laughs> Here happen. comes Robin Williams. Blah, blah. Why not? <laughs> just not nearly that fun. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we wish. Um, so we get more um, justification of like we get a little bit more of Degra and Archer talking with another Zindi about how like the Zindi are trying to like justify their own uh, actions. Why did we build the weapon? Um, and right. so it's like. We're built it for defense, but then, you know, you have this somewhat rational discussion going on. And then Trip just busts in like, ah, you vaporized everybody. And my sister was there like reasonable, yeah. right? He kind, of, he, kind of, he kind of does go Kermit. You're right. He's like, yeah. he, he, he was, he was, he was for sure a little over the top. Yeah, he's, like, hey, he's on fire you. at that moment. And it, it, yeah. it's completely understandable. Like, yeah. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say like people don't blow up without reason. Like it, it does happen, but it's, you see where like a lot of that hurt, a lot of that anger in the crew that we've seen, like building from episode one of the season, just occasionally just bursts out. We saw it happen in Archer in the last episode. And in mm-hmm. this episode, we see it kind of cu- the dam breaks and trip just like loses it at yeah. Degra and the yeah. Indy. Well, I mean, yeah. he's been trying to keep it together for so long. He has too. been trying like, to keep it yeah. together for like the whole year. Yeah, yeah. it's not, it's not working. No, like, you can only keep it together for so long. Right. Yeah. And he's dealing like, and this is like some pretty serious trauma. Like he was yeah. close to his sister and it's just like, and now he's face to face with the people who like designed and deployed this damn thing. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, it's like coming to face to face with, with like uh, your siblings murderer. Like, yeah, it's yeah. rough. Very true. Um, they exactly didn't literally pull the trigger, but they may as well. Right. Have. Yeah, that's how Trip reacts. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. So there's a lot of interesting stuff here. We get a confrontation between the Enterprise and and the Zindi, and you know, the Enterprise gets damaged and runs away. So we get the next episode. <laughs> right. But right. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of emotion, a lot of stuff being handled in this episode, and I think this episode, in kind of a bottle way, handles it pretty well. Um, 
and I know some people are going to remind me of like other things I've said about Strange New Worlds where I don't like how some of the episode is all about emotion. I don't like it dragged out. Um, this handles it in a kind of a bottle way, and I think it was it was pretty well done. Um, so, and yes, the emotions continue through the rest of the season, and they've been yeah. going from the beginning of the season, but right. it doesn't always blow up in, in different ways. So, anyway. Yes. All right, Jen. Someone else. <laughs> um, I don't really have anything to add, actually. I think that that sums up a lot of my viewpoints on this one, too. It's It's everything that's been going on so far with this season is really, I mean, we are getting into the home stretch here with this last run of episodes. So stuff that has been building for so long, whether it's, you know, trip dealing with the loss of his sister, um, Archer kind of on this edge of reason here and, and to Paul with her addiction, like everything is just ready to explode. And, right. and, and in this one, it does. So, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big time with so much more to come. Yeah, I agree. The uh, the emotions coming from other sides, uh, all sides. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the big three. This was the episode. And again, I ended up watching these a little further back than recently just because we've been we've been off for so long. Uh, but this was the episode where is this the episode where Trip is tasked with writing the letter about his non. Yes. Yeah, so he's, yep. he's trying to write this letter about this young woman. And he's like, well, I barely knew she was on, but you know, she was like a, like, a, like a crewman third class. So she was just a kid. Yeah, I'm like, Bar- like, yeah, barely knew her. And it's like, well, he was on my guy's team. No, I asked you to write this letter. And he's like, and it, it does, you know, force him to hold the mirror up and really think about, you know, what will my words mean to her parents? What will that sound like? You know, whether they knew that I barely knew her at all for me to turn around and say, you know, she, she, you know, she gave it all to, to, to save humanity. Cause she did, even though she, you know, got, got blown out a hole in the ship. So it's not like she jumped in front of a Zindi weapon, but she's just as dead. Um, the, the same way that all the 7 million people back on earth are just as dead who are just, you know, sitting there drinking your morning coffee. Um, you know, her, she was there to save humanity and through her, sacrifice and the sacrifice of, of the other 17 people um the the ship was able to get as far as they did so um i, I do like if i can just interject that that please. the that the writing of that letter is a way for trip to come to terms with the death of his sister in that Big time, point yeah. as well because he's writing what what does he want to hear yeah so yeah. Yep. So yeah. yeah. So so it's so it's an absolute moment of growth for him. So mm-hmm. absolutely excellent stuff. Okay. So now we we shift gears into mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to call it a filler episode, but it's one of these. You know, the episode, the episode twenty ends with Degra saying, "Meet me at this spot in three days," and it's on the other side of this dangerous nebula. <laughs> and so Jen, tell us about episode twenty one. Episode twenty one is E squared, um, directed by Roxanne Dawson Ooh, and Roxanne. written by Mike Sussman. Uh, airs May 5th, 2004. The Enterprise crew meet their own descendants from an alternate timeline in the past. So we have this anomaly that the Enterprise gets sucked into in the past. They wind up like 100 years or so into the past and they find that this ship is full of their descendants and it's a potential sort of timeline for what could happen for them. Um, I think it's interesting. Um, it is another interesting step in the to Paul and trip of it all um, where they're seeing this like, Oh, in an alternate timeline, we could be together. You know, you, right. you don't want to admit you got feelings for me. Um, so that's, that's cool to see, to see that sort of starting. Um, 
but overall, I thought the episode was fine. Um, it was, it has some interesting character beats, but it does sort of take us out of the, um, of the arc right now. Yeah. It's kind of a, kind of a, my road is closed. So here's a detour. Yeah. It's, um, it's, a, it's a, it's a breath though. You know, you need to take a yeah. breath between, you know, you can't just sort of barrel into everything. Right. So. Right. Right. Like, you know, like they kind right. of. Have, are, are, are doing, you know, with Strange New Worlds. We got a high and a low and a high and a low, and then we, you know, end on quite a low. Uh, there was a better version of this episode, and it was called The Children of Time on Deep Space Nine, yep. uh, which I, I really <laughs> dug, and it was the same thing. It, it forced, uh, in that case, it forced Kira to start to understand that Odo's always loved her because mm-hmm. she meets a much older version of him, and again, they're meeting their descendants, and it's like, you know, I, I, I you know, th- there was no doubt that Archer was going to move forward, and hey, you know, it it's it's fun to entertain that you guys are our descendants and blah blah blah. But you know this we don't have time for this bullshit. We got to go. Um, but uh, the you know the the alternate history people they still want to find a way to stay alive. But uh, they've you know got they they basically got to fight the school bullies who are around the end of the uh, the, the, the terminus of this thing that they got to get out of. Um, but yeah, while the overall you know uh, the guy who played. Uh, trip and to Paul's son was uh, on a, sh- a dumb show that I like to call Jag. It was a Donald Belisario show. He played the, the head dude in the last couple seasons of that show, and a Marine Corps general. Um, so he was just, he was the general, not just not wearing the funny little hat like in those insurance commercials. Um, but uh, you got you got some nice moments with Trip. Um, you got some nice moments with super old to Paul mm-hmm. talking to young on like, well, you're really going to need him and he can help you out and wink, 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 you know, and uh, it's it makes it even more disappointing that at the end of the series and that horrible final episode we get that, that I don't know what you're that, talking about. Yeah, I just yeah, exactly. Just do 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 do. We'd like to believe that it, it ends exist. with demons. Doesn't exist. It's a thing. It's you. Um, that they never get together. It's just it's it's a it's it's a big f you. Um, but we don't need to jump that far ahead. But yeah, it was like you said. It was it was a blip in the road. It got us through the rift, and then it, it gets us into the next episode. So, Peter, any thoughts on this? quasi forgettable episode um i enjoyed this episode mostly because of the weird time shenanigans and the way that the ship was different uh some of the things are <laughs> you know yeah into the next season for the other nx ship that you see later. yeah the big columns um, yeah, yeah that are on so, the columbia yeah yeah so like there's some interesting stuff there's like a lot of talk of guilt in this episode which is another thing that continues mm-hmm. um where you have like there's they're guilty about the fact that uh that they couldn't stop the weapon either by because they got thrown in the past or because they couldn't stop the first one because now they're in the past and they weren't able to stop it then. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, I did think it was kind of cool how they played on the fact that it's the exact same ship. And so it appears as a sensor echo. That was right. How they, yeah, that was, like hey we've seen you know we uh, how many ships are out here because yeah they think it's just another nx yeah and then and then the sensor echo starts shooting at him you're like that was was fun well Um, hello so there's there's some good stuff in this episode it is like as you say it is kind of a just let's take a breather and do something that's a little dumb um (laughs) so yeah but i enjoy Mm -hmm. this episode i kind of keep watching it whenever it shows up because i like all the random stuff in it with old paul yeah and and trip trying to figure out how the heck he's supposed to deal with a child who's older than he is yeah (laughs) i'm gonna put you over my knee old man ma'am yeah exactly it's just hilarious because trip is like this very like 
we have this certain way of doing things and then but you're older than me how am i supposed to deal with it like it's just <laughs> there, I guess. so so i, I, mean, I enjoy this I episode mean, is it amazing yeah. no but I love yeah it. but it's fun it yeah. is and it's it, like you said it's it's a good bump in the road and at the end mm-hmm. of it um, you know, it was great, but it was it was uh, it was what Star Trek does, particularly in the in, in your classic era where you had a, it's like North Star earlier this season. I love that episode. Didn't have anything to do with anything, but it was the old West and it was fun. And I really I dug North Star it, so, is great, know. but North Star also has some good Star Trek elements in there. Yeah, exactly. So does this one. So. Our, our horse broke down outside of town. <laughs> well, that's all right. <laughs> So the last three episodes are pretty much a three-parter. So uh, let's do this. I will I will blast through reading these summaries, and then we will just kind of talk about it as one big uh, organic globule. So we have The Council plus Countdown plus Zero Hour. Our director is David Livingston. Robert Duncan McNeil. Robbie McDunk. Robbie McDee. I'm just, <laughs> he always calls himself on the Delta Flyers. And uh, Alan uh, Croker, who is, again, a Heritage director. Um, and then we have Manny Cotto, Andre Boreamas. Chris Black, and then Berman and Braga uh, as the writing team of these three. So uh, we have uh, Archer and the gang reaching the Zindi Council, having a long, drawn-out conversation where we find out that the, not surprising, the insectoids and the reptilians really don't give a shit what Archer has to say. They just they really have a boner on to blow up Earth. So they're just like, you know what? He's lying. I don't really care what he's saying. And uh, we're, we're just, you know, you know, we're going to go off on our own anyway. And they break out. Uh, Archer uh, gets slapped around a little bit, um, but he's he moves forward with bringing the aquatics onto their side. And the aquatics are the very stoic, well thought out, you know, takes, you know, 100 years for them to uh, figure out how to make a decision. But they do eventually win them over. Uh, but in the time in between, the reptilians uh, capture Hoshi because they can use drugs to make her uh, hack the codes because all five Zindi species have their own set of codes. And that's how they uh, agree to get the web, you know, in only an agreement can the weapon be activated. Um, so they, 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 you know, they drug Hoshi, they get her to give her the codes, but of course she gets rescued in the appropriate requisite time, uh, and back on the ship. Um, you know, we start to see in this, these final couple episodes that not only are we pursuing to finish off this indie, but then we're also uh, pursuing to deal with the sphere builders, which is the the real honest to God villain of the season, because mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, emperor Palpatine level fake out that uh, we'll get them to kill the earth people, but then we'll get them to kiss our butt. And then we'll steal all their space and kill them all so that we can live in your universe, which you never uh, forgive me if I'm wrong. Do we ever figure out why they want to live in our, realm so bad i mean um, is it kind of like wally and there's garbage all over their planet and they're like we got to find a new place to go if, if i'm remembering correctly it's not terribly well defined but it yeah. is kind of a you know we're low on resources you know i mean it could simply be like an analog to you know we need we need more breathing room um, right you know mm. Earth Hitler. yeah i got the impression that's kind of more what they were going for i think um, yeah, because as you say, kind of an Emperor Palpatine vibe. They don't. Yeah, t- you don't always have to have sympathetic villains. Sometimes mm-hmm. a villain is just a villain. And that's yeah. It. yeah, they want to take over the space because they want to take over the space because yeah. they want to take over the space. It's just this tautology of zero yeah. reason for. Yeah. Th- they're just the. 
expansionist, yeah. you know. It's the space alien that needs a mustache to twirl. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> uh, we, we get to the finale, which I absolutely love. It's action-packed. Um, you get my great archer. Cool guys walk away from explosions, but in this case, he's running. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, in the end, he I love how he finally deals with Dolom and, you know, click, boom. That was my favorite piece as well. Um, but I'm going to save my thoughts for what happens after the jump by kicking it back to Peter, first and foremost. How did you like how we wrap things up? I thoroughly enjoyed this uh, stretch. I think when I watched this the first time, because obviously I didn't watch it when it was ru- when it was running. Um, I think I watched this back to back to back. <laughs> Yeah, and I was, I, I'm, I'm probably in Jen, if I'm mistaken, let me know. I may have been the only person watching this when it was on for the first time. Yeah, I did not watch Enterprise when it first aired. I think the first season, and yeah. then I just, I was in college. I didn't have time. Yeah, I was, uh, I was uh, out of college and working, yeah. and so I just, you know, and I was single, so you basically have nothing else to, unless you're out doing <laughs> anything. And you're watching TV, so that's what I was yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I watched these back to back to back because it was just like, holy cow, this is like, yeah, this is, super this intense. Is yeah, intense. It just keeps going, wow. going, going. It just, it just builds and builds and builds until it's finally like, boom, everything yeah. explodes, and it's like, oh, literally. Oh literally. Yeah. yeah. So one of my favorite moments, which I know <laughs> is mostly just like a ship nerd thing, I really enjoyed how they're like, oh, how is Enterprise going to be there? It's so slow, and then the aquatic ship opens up and there it is buddy it's a big it's a big space hug yeah here comes the enterprise it was riding inside of another ship right like like the end of voyager following that borg uh cube right into orbit of earth and then blowing it up yep so that was that was just kind of fun because they kind of like went around the our ships our hero ships too slow to get to the fine to get to the finale all right, we'll find a way around it. So, yeah, right. Um, it's but Star it was, Trek. Like, we 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 we've got we've got an app for that. Yeah, but it was great how like we continue to see like the 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 conflict between the different characters between Degra and Trip and everyone, and then Degra dies. Yeah. Um, well, he gets which, murdered, so he dies yeah. while getting murdered. He gets murdered. Yeah. <laughs> but then the um, weird land. Then Trip's actually sad about it because by then well, he yeah. was actually sort of made. Aww. He actually like comes so, to he he comes yeah. to realize you know hindsight's twenty twenty like yeah yeah Degra was actually trying to do the right thing here right mm-hmm. and, he, yeah, and, what, and Trip what starts to happen? recognize yeah. all of those olive branches that Degra right. had it's, kept on. It's this like not all Zindi kind of. Yeah, yeah exactly. which I I know I've pointed out multiple yeah. times throughout right. the season, mm-hmm. um, but it was it's kind of one of it's kind of the culmination of that where you have like Trip who has been so uh, personally hurt by the Zindi mm-hmm. with the death of his sister, and like is is the show's embodiment of that hurt and the right. hatred that all of yeah. Earth has for the Zindi, and you see him see in the death of another who is dying on his behalf for all intents and purposes. Um, he comes to a reconciliation with, with the Zindi and it's a very like beautiful thing. I, it's not like dwelt on super, super long. Cause you know, things got to go boom. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's really well done in the, in the sense that they followed through with the, the, the not all Zindi arc and had the conclusion of this staunch hater uh, realizes these are people and they can change. And if and they can change, Star Trek so is can all I. about. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. it is that it's, it's Star Trek 101. Yeah. Um, right. And they really nailed it with that bit. So Jen, your thoughts on the, no, don't, don't spoil for the jump. Cause that's one's going to be for me, the after part, but what, what did you think of the glob <laughs> altogether? Um, yeah, just, it kept going and going. It was, it was just high stakes. So I think, you know, we did sort of need that breath right there. Um, yeah, fair, fair. And it, <sighs> see i'm i'm trying to sort of put my thoughts together on this that are maybe different from anything um you can pass no the one thing you know one of the things that i want to comment on though is that the it's the reptilians and the insectoids that are the bad guys and it's kind of on the nose and i would have liked to have seen just a little bit of a different um you know, they look like bad guys because they're reptiles and insects. And it's like, can yeah. we maybe not do that? Yeah. You know, if, yeah. it, you know, yeah. it's snakes. just a small. Why did it have to be snakes or lizards? Yeah, that's yeah. just a small thing. But, um, yeah. you know, the thing, and, the and, ones that and, look more humanoid or yeah. Yeah, the the primates and, and the orioles are the ones that are like on our side, and more the mammalians are yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's a little for me but uh it's one of those things where it's of its time i mean it's 20 years ago now so we can say it was of its time uh even though in a way it feels like it was not that long ago (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) only to especially to those of us who watched it when it was on um the cgi to make the the insectoids i i think it holds up but again we are you know i mean i i watched this on paramount plus you guys maybe you watched it on disc or you watched it some other way but um i know that enterprise is one of you know one of the few series that exists in hd uh we have tng in hd we have uh tos in hd the enormous costs uh to put those out there is sadly maybe not likely to happen for the other series which sucks um but enterprise because of the way that was filmed i believe it was converted over i could be wrong yeah Um, it still looks pretty good on yeah i mean the 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 cgi holds up even the you know bits where you had the insectoid who was interacting with archer and threw him backwards and held a hand down on him you know it was one one of those like here john you know here scott react fly backwards you know squirrel around a little bit so um yeah i think they i, I think they did well with that but yeah it's zero hour is just you know i tend to lump that and uh, episodes one and two of season four which we won't get to talk about for about another year because we're gonna have to go all the way around the horn even though you know, series get shorter, so uh, we, you know, we're going to get into TNG. That's where we're going to start uh, next. We'll go with TNG, DS9, and then Voyager, and then we'll be right back again to Enterprise. So it'll be less than a year. Um, but I did um, absolutely love the the super duper left field uh, that we got. It's like okay, the mission's over. The aquatics are going to drop us off at Earth. Everything's good. Let's hail Earth. Well, nobody's picking up. What's going on? And right now, you know, we think Archer is dead because he was doing his cool guy run. And then, you know, <laughs> it was a cut right back to the ship. And uh, Reed says, Captain didn't make it trip. And, you know, we just really think that he's, we have every reason to think that he's dead. Um, and so uh, uh, Travis and Trip are taking a shuttle pod down to Earth. And suddenly they're flying at P-51s and flying into <laughs> San Francisco. And it was like, I, I turned to April as I was watching this again and I said 
I, you know, I watched this back in 2004 and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I mean, that, that was my honest reaction. Then you cut right to um, a mash tent and you hear German being spoken and you're like, what is going on? And then you see the archer is laying on one of the beds. He's all burned up. Uh, face of a German, face of a Nazi, face of a Nazi, and some weird fucking alien you've never seen. In and, a Nazi uniform. In a Nazi uniform. <laughs> yeah. And we'll and we'll see you in the fall. Screw you. Um, oh boy. That, yeah, that was um, that that was good. They 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 did well. That was Brandon and Braga daring Paramount to cancel. That. Yeah, hey, Paramount. <laughs> Um, and you know and what, what sucks is that you know when Enterprise didn't come back for season four, they were really hitting a lot of really great notes. But it was but it was too late. You know people yeah. people had people had had lost the interest. Um, science fiction had become such a crowded playing field, but particularly with you know shows like Battlestar Galactica and the Sci Fi Channel and stuff. Yeah, Battlestar, uh, Farscape, Stargate. Yeah. With- there was just one and Atlantis were starting to come yeah, out. Yeah, it was time. it was it was time for Star Trek to take a big long vacation. So uh okay, now Jen, I know that you weren't with us for the majority of this, but yeah. in your in your brain, thinking about over season three, um, do you have first of all, we'll go ahead and do a favorite of the pack, but then we'll we'll potentially look at the the season as an overall. Uh give me a favorite and a least favorite of this six pack. Hmm. I think, wow, it's hard. I think, I think damage might be my favorite because there was Mm -hmm. all of that. um, It's hard when all of these kind of all run together with the exception of E squared. And like, I didn't hate E squared. Yeah. So I, it's hard for me to say that there's a, a favorite or a least favorite. I think maybe maybe I didn't love Zero Hour just because of the way that it ended with the whole '40s thing. I thought that was very bizarre. I, 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 but that's why I loved it so much. I know. But yeah, no, I get it. That's the beautiful concept. You know, we've all got different opinions. Yeah. No. I no. I love that. And yeah. And that. And and I would I would flip the script because I would say E two while it was you know the the perhaps necessary speed bump uh going down this road um i thought i thought it was kind of the weakest even though it had some character moments it was kind of like eh, but uh zero hour was just it was you know it was very visceral it was very like there's explosions and people getting shot and stabbed and blown up and whatever and i'm like yay i mean it was very you know guy of me to enjoy that um but the stinger the the stinger when they get back to earth it's like what the what what you know it was just it was it was really crazy and i i enjoyed the really crazy after the very the very corny archer like running away from the explosion i mean it was it was dumb as shit but it was okay it was okay so peter what about you uh out of the six um yeah, right. <laughs> These are like the best six of the season. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's that's what makes it so hard, but just we um, got that's, so, that's the deal. I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to go for least favorite with. Um, Oh man, oh, stinks! <laughs> Suck it up, Boimler. Just do it. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the forgotten. Okay, um, just because some of the blow up moments were just a little, um, 
for me, sometimes I cringe a little bit when people do overly emotional things on screen because I empathize too much and I don't like it. <laughs> that doesn't make it bad, but I'm just it like, makes, it, 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 oh, it's just like an embarrassment. Oh. It just opens up your heart a little too much. Or, uh, it, we got we got the Grinch of Star Trek over here. Watch out. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So just for that, I guess I'll just say that one just because I have to pick one. Um, but in terms of favorite, um, I think I might have to go with Countdown just because of the resolution between Trip and Degra. I yeah, kind of, yeah. which makes it like, why'd you choose the forgotten? Because that's where that comes up. Well, I mean, yes, but the resolution is it because yeah, you get to yeah. see it from end to end as um, as it as it so plays out. I think because of the resolution in in countdown, uh, that might be my favorite. Just just because of that scene. Uh, yeah, but overall, this, these six episodes it's like next to impossible to choose. Yeah, they're yeah. they're all so. so solid and so similarly solid that it's so difficult to yeah. That's you why know. it's like if I had to pick thing, it's like this one nitpick, and if I had to pick them, this was yeah. See. You have to yeah. pick out the smaller things, and I mean, I watched these kind of all in a row too, right before yeah. this, so it's all they kind of, of all smoosh. So they do, of, yeah. 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 I mean, E squared yeah. being the one exception, but um, yeah. it's still it's still a good episode that that has its you know moments for being you know part of this and yeah. part of this run as well exactly correct yeah i um so uh real briefly uh looking back over the season and, and jen i understand you probably not prep for this because you just watched these six but can you think of another great episode in the season that potentially we've not talked about in this episode that that stands out to you um let me check on that and get back to you let me just that's okay of- all right and we'll go over to peter peter how about yeah. you all right um don't forget that in our in our episode 100 bracketology we did have an episode from the season featured that was we did a i'm forgetting which one it was it was it was twilight oh yeah twilight. twilight i did like that one but twilight is a fantastic episode also directed by robert duncan McNeil. ah robbie mcdunk Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, while you guys scroll, I will say that while Twilight was exceptional, um, I, and I've already mentioned this episode, I love North Star. I love Old West stuff. You know, I grew up, you know, in, in elementary school that we had those little book, read along book on tape. Like I do a study unit. So I'd read about, you know, here is what, the wagon train. And we never did Oregon trail. That was beyond my time, but I enjoyed <laughs> playing that game. With it. Like I had a DVD ROM of that. I was out of college, but I'm like, you have to ford the river. You know, you have dysentery. Um, so I just I just love you old West. Yeah, you have died. Um, all right, that was as much time yeah. as I gave you. So nope, Jen. That's fine. Uh similitude. Oh, mm. good pick. Yeah. yeah that is one that stuck with me for Sophie's a while choice of Star Trek. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, all right. I mean, all right, PDP. Yeah, I was actually gonna go with similitude as well. There you go. It's a good episode. It yeah. is. Solid and solid. Solid and, second and, Twilight, but. <laughs> solid, solid second Twilight. And we're referring to Star Trek Twilight, not Twilight Twilight oh. with Berkeley Vampires. That's not happening, not on this show. We do not have oh my Vulcans. Yeah, we do not. <laughs> oh, if we weren't so late in it, I'd change the title oh. of the episode. Maybe another time. Uh, well, good. That takes us to the end of the road. Guys, 
This was fun. Uh, we are going to, in our next episode, move into the first segment of season four of Star Trek The Next Generation, the 1990 through 91 season. Uh, and again, uh, something I love about having this stable of talent is that it could be all of us. It could be two of us. It'll be at least two of us because I don't want to sit here and talk to myself because <laughs> then you then you should see somebody if you're doing that because you might have a problem. Um, but uh, Peter, where do people find you out there in the socials? Uh, you can find me out on the interwebs at Petrus Aquinas in most places. I probably won't respond, but I'm there. You can also <laughs> find me at uh, ELHMK1's channel playing a Vulcan engineer in a role-playing game. And Peter will also be running a table of Star Trek games at Grand Con here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Labor Day weekend, where the USS Grand Petoskey will also be running a table. Uh, and we're really excited about that. It's our first occasion to be at that show. And Peter, as is your sweet spot, you're kind of running the show. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing you do your thing. We'll see, how many, we'll see how many natural 20 failures people can have. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but oh, I bet it's it the opposite bad. of D&D. It's a D20 system. It's the exact opposite. <laughs> 2D20, is, <laughs> that's what it is, not 5E. So. Sounds <laughs> brutal. Jen, where do people find you out there? You can find me at my link tree, which is linktree.com slash art. You can find my Etsy shop, my Instagram, Facebook, um, and all of my other projects, which include some t-shirts and might be including some interesting writing coming up soon. Uh, spoilers. Cool. Um, but uh, yeah, that's me. Uh, Link tree awesome. slash Jenna Watson Art. Good deal. And you can find me over on X slash Twitter uh, as at the C3. Go ahead and spell it out. As I was pontificating, I do uh, head up uh, with my wife, April, the USS Grand Petoskey, uh, one of the biggest chapters of Starfleet, the International Star Trek Fan Club in the world. Uh, we are based right here in West Michigan, uh, but we do have members all over the state. I also have the privilege of being the RC Regional Commissioner of Region 13, which is Michigan and Eastern Canada. If you're a trekker within the sound of my voice in one of those places, Please find us on the social media links and at our website. We'd be happy to help you connect with other Trekkers in your neighborhood. With that, I'm going to bid you adieu. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trekking. Be the Starfleet you wish to see in the world. Peace and long life. Bye. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit SecretFriendsUnite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.